Little Dorrit, from Charles Dickens' Children's Stories, retold by his granddaughter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cadastra. Dickens' Children's Stories, retold by his granddaughter, Little Dorrit. Many years ago, when people could be put in prison for debt, a poor gentleman, who was unfortunate enough to lose all his money, was brought to the Marshalsea prison. As there seemed no prospect of being able to pay his debts, his wife and their two younger children came to live there with him. The elder child was a boy of three, the younger a girl of two years old, and not long afterwards another little girl was born. The three children played in the courtyard, and were happy on the whole, for they were too young to remember a happier state of things. But the youngest child, who had never been outside the prison walls, was a thoughtful little creature, and wondered what the outside world could be like. Her great friend, the turnkey, who was also her godfather, became very fond of her, and as soon as she could walk and talk, he bought a little armchair and stood it by his fire at the lodge, and coaxed her with cheap toys to come and sit with him. One day she was sitting in the lodge gazing wistfully up at the sky through the barred window. The turnkey, after watching her some time, said, "'Thinking of the fields, ain't you?' "'Where are they?' she asked. "'Why, they're over there, my dear,' said the turnkey, waving his key vaguely. "'Just about there. Does anybody open them and shut them? Are they locked?' "'Well,' said the turnkey, discomfited, "'not in general. Are they pretty, Bob?' She called him Bob because he wished it. "'Lovely, full of flowers. There's buttercups and there's daisies and there's—' Here he hesitated, not knowing the names of many flowers. "'There's dandelions and all manner of games.' "'Is it very pleasant to be there, Bob?' "'Prime,' said the turnkey. "'Was father ever there?' "'Hm!' <clears throat> coughed the turnkey. "'Oh, yes, he was there, sometimes. "'Is he sorry not to be there now?' N "'Not particular,' said the turnkey. "'Nor any of the people?' she asked, glancing at the listless crowd within. "'Oh, are you quite sure and certain, Bob?' At this point Bob gave in and changed the subject. But after this chat, the turnkey and little Amy would go out on his free Sunday afternoons to some meadows or green lanes, and she would pick grass and flowers to bring home, while he smoked his pipe. When Amy was only eight years old, her mother died, and the poor father was more helpless and broken down than ever, and as Fanny was a careless child, and Edward Idle, the little one, who had the bravest and truest heart, was inspired by her love and unselfishness to be the little mother of the forlorn family, and struggled to get some little education for herself and her brother and sister. She went as often as she could to an evening school outside, and managed to get her brother and sister sent to a day school at intervals, during three or four years. At thirteen she could read and keep accounts. Once, amongst the debtors, a dancing-master came in, and as Fanny had a great desire to learn dancing, little Amy went timidly to the new prisoner and said, "'If you please, I was born here, sir.' "'Oh, you are the young lady, are you?' said he. "'Yes, sir. And what can I do for you?' "'Nothing for me, sir, thank you. But if, while you stay here, you could be so kind as to teach my sister cheap.' "'My child, I'll teach her for nothing,' said the dancing-master. Fanny was a very apt pupil, and the good-natured dancing-master went on giving her lessons even after his release. And Amy was so emboldened with the success of her attempt that, when a milliner came in, she went to on her own behalf and begged her to teach her. "'I am afraid you are so weak, you see,' the milliner objected. "'I don't think I am weak, ma'am.' "'And you are so very, very little, you see,' the milliner still objected. "'Yes, I am afraid I am very little indeed,' returned the child, and began to sob. 
so that the milliner was touched and took her in hand and made her a clever workwoman but the father could not bear the idea that his children should work for a living so they had to keep it all secret fanny became a dancer and lived with a poor old uncle who played the clarinet at the small theatre where fanny was engaged amy or little dorrit as she was generally called her father's name being dorrit earned small sums by going out to do needlework she got edward into a great many situations but he was an idle careless fellow and always came back to be a burden and care to his poor little sister at last she saved up enough to send him out to canada god bless you dear tip his name had been shortened to tip don't be too proud to come and see us when you have made your fortune she said but tip only went as far as liverpool and appeared once more before his poor little second mother in rags and with no shoes in the end after another trial tip returned telling amy that this time he was one of the regulars oh don't say you are a prisoner tip don't don't but he was and amy nearly broke her heart so with all these cares and worries struggling bravely on little dorrit passed the first twenty-two years of her life then the son of a lady mrs clennam to whose house amy went to do needlework was interested in the pale patient little creature and learning her history resolved to do his best to try and get her father released and to help them all one day when he was walking home with little dorrit a voice was heard calling little mother little mother and a strange figure came bouncing up to them and fell down scattering her basketful of potatoes on the ground oh maggie said little dorrit what a clumsy child you are she was about eight and twenty with large bones large features large hands and feet large eyes and no hair little dorrit told mr clennam that maggie was the granddaughter of her old nurse and that her grandmother had been very unkind to her and beat her when maggie was ten years old she had a fever and she has never grown older since ten years old said maggie but what a nice hospital so comfortable wasn't it such a heavenly place such beds there as there such lemonades such oranges such delicious broth and wine such chicking oh ain't it a delightful place to stop at then when she came out her grandmother did not know what to do with her and was very unkind but after some time maggie tried to improve and was very attentive and industrious and now she can earn her own living entirely sir little dorrit did not say who had taken pains to teach and encourage the poor half-witted creature but mr clennam guessed from the name little mother and the fondness of the poor creature for amy thanks to mr clennam a great change took place in the fortunes of the family and not long after this wretched night it was discovered that mr dorrit was the owner of a large property and they became very rich when in his turn mr clennam became a prisoner in the marshall sea little dorrit came to comfort and console him and after many changes of fortune she became his wife and they lived happily ever after end of little dorrit recording by cadastra